broken and beaten, our heroes are scattered. Lost and alone, their hopes are all tattered. Their home has been conquered, but their fight is not done. They must mount a strong defense while still on the run. Their task will be hard, but still they must try. So sit back and observe. The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, three, four. Six months have passed since your blade pierced Chirp's heart. Six months since you watched the light fade from her eyes. Six months of a living hell. For the last six months, you've been living in a bear cell. A bed, a table, and a bucket in the corner are your only constant companions. Other than the voices in your head, that is. Every month, the same routine repeats itself. The priests of the eye tie you down to the table, perform a ritual, uh, summoning ritual, and leave you to talk to the new voice in your head until the full moon when they draw this new being out of your body. You're only allowed a day of rest before the cycle repeats again. Sounds pretty pleasant. <laughs> Over the last six months, you've gotten to know six different demons, I guess you would call them. They're beings of shadow and blood. When they draw them from you, you get an impression of a humanoid figure but they seem amorphous, like they're not fully formed. Um, and you've overheard the priests basically saying that, you know, they're going to be taking these people to, or these creatures to another place so that they can grow a bit more and be warriors for the cause. The other bits of information that you've gleaned over the last six months, just from what you've overheard from the guards and the priests that, you know, come in every month, that... The Church of the Open Eye seems to have taken over the entire city of Salandrian and possibly the entire Dwarven Empire. Oh. Uh, I mean, you know that Salandrian is the seat of the Dwarven Empire. Yeah. Usually whoever controls that controls the dwarves. Yeah, most of the commerce, all that bullshit. You have heard rumblings, rumors, um, you know, the guards exchanging rumors that the... Elven Kingdom is pretty much still under complete Elven control. There's some pockets that the Eye has down there, but the Elves seem to be holding their own. And the Gnomes are kind of split 50-50. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the Gnomes actually want want to join the Church of the Eye. Well, that's where the money's at, I guess. <laughs> 
Fucking gnomes. Well, I guess worthy of note, uh, I've been trying to starve myself uh, in this point in time throughout. So, over these six months, as you've been trying to starve yourself, any time that you, you know, left food on your plate or tried to hide it or tried to get rid of it in some way other than eating it, um, you know, your guards are constantly watching you, checking up on you, and especially during times of care. Mm Mm-hmm eating, sleeping, things like that, they pay especially more attention to you. Um, The other side of this is that they know that your magic comes from your voice. Yeah. So they basically got you muzzled um, with kind of an anti-magic device. So I can still speak, but no magic really comes through. Yeah, it kind of makes, it's kind of like the Hannibal Lecter mask. Uh-huh. Almost, you know, it has a grill in the front, but no magic can pass No through. one cared about me before <laughs> I put on the mask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, you know, if you, the only way you could really eat this food is by shoving it through that mask as uh-huh. well. Um, and if you don't do this, they come in and they tie you down to the table and they force feed you. I'd say that probably happens more often than not. I've been, since killing Chirp, I've been very self-loathing, fucking, like, I don't want to live anymore. I can't handle knowing that I killed my friend. Yeah. Um, They, the the priests that come in and do these rituals have kind of sensed this in you, and they've put a general order to the guards and everyone kind of that runs the prison to keep you from getting a hold of any sort. And this was in within the first month. Um, you know, they kind of, as you're a new inmate and they're kind of processing you and figuring out what you're about, they, they put see, a, a they, well, a general kind of order on you that you're not allowed to have any sharp objects. Um, anytime that it seems like you're getting agitated, they'll come in and put a straight jacket on you mm-hmm. and not tie you down, but just leave you on your bed. Yeah, because, I mean, at several different points, I'm sure if I, given the opportunity, I try to maim myself to... Yeah, I would imagine you've had, you've got some new scars. You kind of recognize, the the first couple weeks you're there, you recognize that these cells um, are the dungeon of the royal castle in Salandrian, like the most secure dungeons in the continent, it's believed. Yeah. Um, You... You know, you once had a friend that was in these dungeons, and so you kind of know a little bit of the layout of where you're at, but you know that they're sprawling enough that you could be on any level. Yeah. But they're all kind of laid out the same way. I I don't think I've put much effort into making an escape so much. Like, I've... uh, uh, Barry feels like he should be in a prison anyway. Okay. So after the first month's ritual is complete and they come in um they always come in on the full moon Mm -hmm. to do the extraction ritual and do i have any view of outside so i can kind of tell the moon cycles no you're underground okay uh the only thing you really have to count the passage of the days is the normal routine of the guards when they bring you food when they tell you to sleep because they you know not being able to see outside you have no idea when it's time to sleep they have to come and tell you you know lights out they extinguish most of the torches in the hallway yeah but yeah within after during this first month's ritual uh as this this first entity is being 
drawn from you. It it was pretty quiet for most of this first month. Um, you you didn't really talk to it much, but you did have a lot of blackout time. Yeah, time that you couldn't account for, uh, and. As this first being is being pulled from your body, you start to remember all of that blackout time, and it is interspersed with flashes of when you were blacking out before with the original entity. And so this is this first one they're pulling out. Is that a different entity? Yeah, or it's this, a different one because that one, one was, that was pulled out of you by the the master of the eye. Oh, all right. Yeah, but uh, as it's being pulled out of you, you're you know you're remembering. You're remembering all these things that had happened to you while you were blacked out and in kind of a, you know, just a black abyss in your own brain, stuck in your own thoughts. Because that's, that's, and one of the things that's changed between the first possession that you had and this new one is that when you black out, you're still conscious. You're mm. just in a black void. You're just floating in blackness. You're left with your thoughts. Yeah. Um, but when you wake up to it, you don't really remember anything from that period. You just know that you've kind of lost some time. Time jumps. You get these, like, skips in time, basically. Yeah. Um, and throughout that first month, you know, a lot of introspection about killing Chirp. But you remember during this time flashes of you perched at the like corner of your bed gibbering and chattering and hearing someone coming toward this was back in the beholder's eye yeah hearing someone coming towards your your office um, where you're staying and you lay down and pretend to be asleep as swifty stealthily kind of creeps in and makes his way to your bed the possessed you is fully aware of what is happening. He senses this rock that Swifty is carrying and it's, you know, whispering to him and talking to him. And um, he can tell that if whatever this creature is doing happens, he'll be able to have a deeper connection to you and deeper control over you. Yeah. And you viewing this in retrospect, seeing what happened, no, can kind of tell that this is that, rock that you know swifty had been holding on to for a while and he came and slipped it under your pillow and that presence in your brain cut that information off from you and and like you have this sudden quick flash of like all the moments in between that and chirp's death that you tried to move your pillow for some reason and all of a sudden time kind of skipped for a minute and your pillow was moved in the way you wanted it but but you you can now know, know that the rock was always under it. Every time that time skipped was the other you moving it so that you wouldn't see it. That scaly bastard. <laughs> and during this first month's withdrawal ceremony, as they're pulling this creature out of you, you get your first really good look uh, at what these things kind of are and seeing this weird mix of shadow and blood moving around through the air and a approximate human shape kind of makes your mind start to want to unhinge and disassociate but as as you're starting to like gray out a bit the priests see this happening and uh, one of the priests a very tall very gaunt human who's an albino so just oh, completely paper white leans over your face and touches his 
pointer fingers into your temples uh, and whispers a couple of strange words and then says, there will be no sleep or rest for you. And you're brought fully in, like almost like with a shot of adrenaline, brought fully back into yourself and you know, you're able to almost smell colors. Like everything becomes even more vivid and you almost start to possibly hallucinate a bit. Sounds like it. Uh, And you see waves of different colors of energy coming off of the people around you, these priests, but the the shadow blood creatures don't change. They they keep their weird pulsating. So it's like I have too much insight if I was playing Bloodborne. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a question though. Is this when they're withdrawing this entity, is it a pretty painful process? Uh, It's one of the most excruciating things you've ever been through in your life. Uh And not just in a physical pain sense, but it almost feels like part of your soul is being ripped away each time. Like after, I would say at the six month mark, you've kind of intuited through going through six or five of these processes that each time they're pulling them out and you feel that soul ripping. It's not that you're a piece of your soul is being taken away. It's that whatever that creature is, is latching onto your yeah, soul. It's almost like lancing off a hemorrhage. Exactly. It's, it's like a tumor that's yeah. growing on you. On my soul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. During the second month, you're possessed by an entity that prefers to call himself Tack and talks to you a lot. He doesn't ever let you black out. Mm -hmm. He wants you to know exactly what he's making you do. But over the course of the month, his control over your actual physical abilities starts to be stronger and stronger and by the end of the month he makes you do cartwheels around your room he makes you jump up and down he has you eat ravenously every time they bring you food um he's basically like exercising you uh and he tells you like i want a happy body to come forth into this world oh boy how about we just play a game of tic-tac-toe but the (laughs) Uh, The residual side effect of him letting you be so present is that you're able to access more and more of the blackout time. Yeah. And you see some of the horrible things that you did while possessed. Well, that's only going to further my own (laughs) self-hatred, really. And, uh, And also knowing that Swifty's hand had a heavy role to play in this. Uh, my hatred for him is growing also. Um, one of the times that comes to your mind is um, when you were with a few of the children from the orphanage. Yeah. And you kind of blacked out. and I didn't kill any of them, did I? Well, <laughs> you when you woke up, you were at a bar. Yeah. Drinking. Yeah. And didn't really think a lot of it. Figured, oh, I've just, I got drunk. I drink all the time. Yeah. Uh, but you remember this gap in time from when you blacked out to when you got to the bar. You basically took these three children, uh, two boys and a girl. Um, you took them outside the city walls and gave each of them a dagger and told them that they couldn't come back until they had made their first kill. 
and then went to the bar and got a drink. Well, hopefully they're really astute hunters now. <laughs> you know, you flash on another memory where you're reading through the newspaper, and all of a sudden you kind of do another one of those little time skips, and you're putting the newspaper away, finished with it. Mm-hmm. What happened was you got to an article about three children found dead outside of the walls, eaten by wolves. And the details of it were, you know, such that this this entity possessing you realized that you you couldn't know about this because this might trigger more memories. Like you, you start to get this idea that a lot of these blackouts are designed to keep you complacent and unaware that anything's going wrong. Yeah, it's definitely uh, censorship with forethought of my memories, more yes, or less. Exactly. Exactly, like uh, uh, an intelligent design, almost. So these creatures, they don't seem like just mindless, demonous creatures. They have some sort of plan and some sort of use for you in some way when they're possessing you. Well, hopefully they are, they find more use than my party did. <laughs> third month you start to get an idea of the routine of this prison you get to know at least some of the guards names uh they all seem to be foreigners none of them seem to be people from salandrian uh they're all either humans half orcs or halflings and you get the idea that the outside is the biggest asshole of them yes yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> This is one really, really dickish guard, and his name's Adam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's going to hate us. <laughs> um, but you're kind of getting a feel for, you know, captivity life. And in the third month, the dark passenger that you have riding along with you, uh, he tries to black out a lot of your time and use your body uh he he seems like some sort of hedonist because he likes pleasures of the flesh oh of which you're the only person in this room so he has to get pretty creative with it we won't go too blue that's disgusting yeah uh he does some nasty stuff with you during this time you 
when you're blacked out and kind of floating in this black void, you start to be able to kind of control it a little bit. Like, it's almost like a file cabinet opens in your brain, and you're able to go back through not just the times that you were blacked out, but your own memories, mm-hmm. and see parts of your life kind of played out in front of your eyes um, from almost an outside perspective. Yeah. And you get a little bit more clarity on, you know, some of the things that have happened to you throughout your life. And one of the things that you is kind of an inaccessible to you at first um, within that third month is, is the early childhood memories, your parents things like My that parents yeah you're, you're not really able like you try to access them and usually when you do you come back to yourself and regain control you know, control of yourself oh wow and during so my parents that used to be my weakness is now my strength Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, during this third month's ritual though uh, the the pulling ritual as they call it it's exceptionally painful yeah. I mean you've been through three of these so far and the first one wasn't quite as painful because it was you know there was a lot going on in that moment you were very distracted but the first two you know being able to really feel them they were they were horrible but this one it it has a almost exquisite pain to it Mm -hmm. to where it, it starts to blank out rational thought but there's a moment in mid ritual where the priests seem to be having trouble. You haven't seen them really panic in any way or be perturbed by anything. Historically, yeah. up until this point. And they seem worried. One of them starts to get like a flop sweat, starts to sweat really bad. And Oh, you're sweating out. <laughs> it, huh. it, it seems like the creature that is inhabiting your body doesn't want to leave. And as they're they're drawing it out, a piece of it kind of stays behind. Oh. And as you you have your day of rest that they give you after these pulling ceremonies, um, you have just, you, you can detect this weird little whisper at the base of your brain, kind of at the back of all of your thoughts. What's his name? His name is Condor. Condor. <laughs> yes. Uh, but he he tries to whisper to get you to hurt yourself. Oh, I do. <laughs> and Actually, the first the first moment I can, I take my own fingernails and I dig it underneath my um on the top of my cheek, underneath my eye. Yeah. And I try to peel away the flesh to try to give a bloody teardrop for the children that uh, were killed. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, as you're doing this, the guards um, happen to look in as you're like just about ripping the flesh off of your face. Uh, you know, you've got a pretty good gash already, mm-hmm. and they come running in, they try to stop you, and as they're trying to stop you, that whisper in the back of your mind kind of just becomes a yell to kill them, kill them, kill them. Mm. And in the last couple of months, you've, you know, when they've come in to stop you, you've... Are pretty docile. Yeah, would give up kind of With like a strength score at ten. Yeah, I don't yeah, really put up much of a fight. That and they would I mean they would come at you, but this this time though, you attack them with ferocity mm. and almost like a, a caged animal. Okay. And right, I try to bite them. Okay. Uh you actually you 
they were they were worried about you you know where you were tearing at your face and they started to move your mask down mm-hmm. and that gave you the opening and you you actually oh, I have an opening yeah ooh 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 uh then I'm going to cast vampiric touch all right is that a save uh that's a spell touch attack oh okay so that's going to be a twenty three to hit. This guard that's currently uh, Adam, the Adam. dick guard. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's kind of pulling your mask down a bit, and as you feel it, an opening in that anti magic field. What do you like? How do you cast that? What do you do? You whisper something? <laughs> um, no, I think at this point I kind of like uh, make a feral scream, you know, and maybe uh, use some of the words I don't like. I don't know this language that uh, those deities or demons have been. Yeah. Having you talk through, but it's something in that language. Okay. This is the, what you've picked up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, roll me some damage. Uh, Nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, so this guard, as you're you're kind of you know grabbing onto him and screaming and that's out these words. Damage also. Oh, perfect. And I heal half of the heal for half. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you you feel some of his life force draining into you, mm-hmm. and he. Uh, his eyes kind of roll back in his head, and uh, he gets this dark black spot that starts to spread out on one cheek, mm-hmm. and it looks like almost like um, gangrene yeah. spreading out on his cheek. And uh, the other guard pulls you off of him at that point, but you're able to whip around and try to bite into his neck yeah uh and you you pierce the flesh and get some blood in your mouth and the whisper in the back of your mind starts to just scream out in ecstasy Mm -hmm. uh at the taste the coppery taste of blood in your mouth uh which sends you into convulsions uh long enough for the guards to get you under control but over the next couple days you realize that adam's not showing up for his shift at normal times and when he does uh he comes in and there's a large bandage over one cheek and it's about two weeks into the next possession and the the whisper at the back of your mind at this point is starting to be get a bit louder and the new voice in your head they start to kind of talk to each other oh and the new voice does not seem happy that they're still something there uh-huh. um, and they kind of are warring in your head as as Adam shows up for a shift and he kind of bangs on the bars as you're you're laying there with these two competing voices in Fuck your head you, Adam. and he says we're gonna have some fun today boy and he uh, he opens the, key, the door to your cell which is something that normally like it's really only opened when the priests come in Yeah. other than that there's a small pass through that they put your food through to feed you, or unless, you know, you're trying to hurt yourself or you're not eating. Yeah. Uh, and he comes in and shuts the door behind him and walks up to you on the bed, and he's kind of got his billy club out, and he looks at you and he says, I'm never going to look the same, so I'm going to make sure you don't ever look the same. Bring it, bitch. Uh, and he brings the billy club down on your head for uh let's say 23 oh that definitely <laughs> plus hits. four so yeah. um i assume at this point i'm just uh i don't have any armor so it's just my what 10 plus decks yeah yeah uh so when the billy club makes contact with your head uh you black out again mm-hmm. not 
from the demons, but from regular unconsciousness. Yeah. And swimming in this different textured blackness, you're kind of like, you're familiar with this at this point, this stasis stasis state. Yeah. Uh, that your brain is kind of defaulted into when going unconscious. Yeah. Hello, darkness, um, my old friend. And you actually see two eye shaped openings pop open and you can see what's happening with your body and this guard is just giving you a savage beating mm -hmm. and the demons that are kind of fighting each other in your brain are screaming out for him to do it and to kill you and all of a sudden you like you can hear this noise and this commotion and there's three of the other guards on Adam pulling him off of you and then you um, almost immediately what seems like almost immediately snapped to consciousness um, but it seems like it's it's actually been a little bit longer than immediately because you are laying on the bed and one of the priests is in there standing over you um, performing some sort of spell over you and you feel your body kind of mending itself and it seems to be some sort of healing energy that he's putting out shit um and they're 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 basically mending all your wounds at this point and and bringing you back from almost near death this moment of near death though the two voices that were warring in your head the louder of the two who's been slowly growing in power since the beginning of the the month um the one that was not sticking around yeah the second um, one chronologically seems to have been able to push out Condor. The hanger. The hanger on. Condor, yes. Um, and it manifests uh, shortly after they, they've they healed you and the priests start to walk away. You feel this weird choking sensation in the back of your throat. And you hawk Condor up. again? Yes. You actually, you hawk up a kind of a bloody, clotted blood loogie that has these weird black wisps of shadow coming off of it. Um, and as you do this, the priests turn around and they they look extremely alarmed. And they, they gather the sample up and disappear very quickly. The cell to your, or the door to your cell slams shut. Other than being fed for the next like four days, you have no real contact with anybody. Mm-hmm. The guards all ignore you if you try to yell out to them. You don't even hear any of the other prisoners really making noise. Like it, it's almost unnaturally quiet. It's too quiet. I mean, I guess uh, I start trying to fucking bang against the walls, just throw my body at fucking any sharp corner I can okay. after a couple days. You start to do this and. The first time you're able to really injure yourself uh, on like the corner of the table, you you cut a pretty good gash along your forehead where the mask doesn't reach, and you see that the guards look in, but they don't really look like worried mm -hmm. as they have in the past, um, and you're able to tell that within an hour your head stitches itself closed. Son of a and bitch! And you 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 have some sort of Regeneration. Well, you have some sort of residual healing effect from whatever the priest did. Um, and this kind of leads into the last week of that month's 
possession. Um, and during this last week, this this presence is is whispering to you and telling you how much of a piece of shit you were. And basically, he wants you to commit suicide. Like, this one really wants you to hurt yourself. But he tells you that you have to wait until he's gone to do it because otherwise they will just keep healing you. Well, you don't have to convince me that that hard there, buddy. 